And there goes the full-time whistle for yes. Green. Are promoted into League One as all the players have managed to storm onto the pitch. I've had a word with someone very special. I won't be breaking any copyright by telling you this. Yes. Derby, Sunderland, Ipswich. You're going to be eating hummus at the new lawn next season because Forest Green are in League One. Welcome to the Heaven's Devils podcast, a Forest Green Rovers podcast by two Americans who don't know what they're talking about. My name is Nathan. This is Shimmy. John. <laughs> Heaven's Devils. Call Shimmy in the opening. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Heaven's Devils podcast. New Mexico has area 51. On Tuesday, Nailsworth was area 50 fun. Harvey hey! Bunker played. Harvey, Harvey Bunker, Bunker exists. My goodness. Oh my goodness, that was perfect, Shimmy. Yeah, the, that was perfect. The government can no longer keep this under wraps, man. The kid can ball. <laughs> the kid can ball. Uh, so we, we have a huge pod today. Before we get into it, uh, we are brought to you by Settlement 84. Fall is coming, Shimmy. American football season is here too, mm. Shimmy. <laughs> Love that. One, uh, watch Ohio State have a huge win. Huge win. Uh, we're going to name this But anyway. I believe the pr- correct comes- pronunciation is football. 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 The only two things that matter in Cambridge are God and football, and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's fall shimmy, and it's, that means it's hoodie season, baby! Mm-hmm. I love a good hoodie. Same. I love a good hoodie, Same. especially in the fall. And I got a fire hoodie from Settlement 84. Our guy hooked it up. Uh, so look good while you keep warm, shimmy. Get a hoodie from Settlement 84. Uh, the presenting partner of the show, settlement84.com, Fire Threads, uh, an awesome company. So look good, feel good, do good, Shimmy, settlement84.com. Absolutely. You're not going to be settling in terms of style because these these hoodies are fire for sure. Let's go. Oh, my God. I can't wait to bust mine out. I, I just yeah. need to get to be like low 60s, high 50s at Fahrenheit. We'll be good to go. Yeah, I feel like anyway, we're going to turn Shimmy. the corner soon. Gonna say, but, you know, speaking of settling... You know, our, our uh, opponents on Tuesday, they got a lot of guff. They got a lot of grief for only bringing along 34 fans. You might call them settle- Settlement 34. That's the Atkinson Stanley. But, Jimmy. but we got to shout them out, man. Like, what yeah. perseverance, especially after a canceled match previously due to rain at the last minute as well. But, um, man, we no grief from us. We just have mad respect for all of the Agerton Stanley fans that came to support their club uh, on Tuesday. Mad respect. Not, not only did they – I mean, it's a long trip from Agerton Stanley. It's a crappy Tuesday – like, it's Tuesday night. They're not going to get home until, I don't know, 1 a.m. Mm. And, and it's rainy. And not only that, many of them came, like, two or three weeks ago when this match was originally scheduled. So they, they've made the trip twice now. Uh, and got home super late, so yeah, I, people were giving them whatever. It's dedication, man. That's dedication. For fans, but that's dedication. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about quality, not quantity, in my humble opinion, Shimmy. Anyway, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Uh, Shimmy, we got a big pod. Charlie, Rollins, Destiny Shout herself, and Lori Martin are on the pod to chat about the African Stanley match. Talk about the state of the club right now. Uh, talk about the upcoming match against Peterborough. Uh, and then, so it's awesome chat. And then an, another awesome chat with the best CEO in the game, Shimmy. Our CEO, the CEO of Forest Green Rovers, the youngest CEO in the EFL, Hammer and Hank Henry <laughs> Stalens. Also, he was the League Two CEO of the year uh, last year. 
Incredible. Last year. Yeah. Anyway, well a very fun chat. As is his batting title, the most home runs written by the or, or the most home runs hit by the youngest <laughs> British CEO. Hank. Henry Hank. Henry Stamets. Uh, it's an awesome chat. Very fun chat with Henry, uh, despite all the complaints that we delivered to him. It was. I think it turned. It was. It felt like more of a general meeting than it did a, <laughs> a show. Because it was that. It was that or that or like an episode of Sharks Tank slash Dragons Den. I think it's called Dragons Den in the UK. But we just kept throwing him ideas, and he suffered two fools with a lot of grace for for about an hour. <laughs> That's true. That's how you know he's a, he's, the, he's a good CEO, Shimmy. So anyway, great chat. Cannot wait. Stick around for that. Um, and we'll talk with Charlie and Lori in just a minute all about football and the game and all this stuff. Stuff that we don't know nothing about, Shimmy. But all we do know, it was a big win. Big win, Shimmy. We needed a win. We needed three points. Yeah, badly, uh, yes. Badly. Something to hold badly. on to. Yeah. A change in the formation for the team. Four at the back, two strikers up front, leads to a change in results. Shimmy changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. Shimmy, <laughs> you know, you know that Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> I don't, but then again, I've I've never been a denizen of Margaritaville, so uh, I, I think <laughs> that parrothead. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a parrot head. Changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. <laughs> listen, I, I mean, you listen when he, no, when he dropped cheeseburger in paradise. You know, you know, as a vegan, I couldn't, I couldn't abide. <laughs> couldn't abide. Never gonna have a cheeseburger oh, I, in paradise. That doesn't sound I like paradise. Have. I you've been, have you've been to Margaritaville. <laughs> I've been to Margaritaville in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hey. Uh, it's like where I'm from. Like that's like the go-to summer vacation spot. Everyone goes to Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God! Wait, timeout. Speak of speak of the devil. Settlement 84 is based in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hey, let's go. Let's go. I forgot about that. Anyway, I've been to the Margaritaville in Myrtle Beach multiple times. It's like the go-to spot. Uh, so shout out to Myrtle Beach. Shout out to Margaritaville. There's actually a Margaritaville resort now on Times Square here in New York. Have you seen it? it I've, I've it heard of wild. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to go oh, inside. Oh, it's wild. You, have you been inside? Anyway, cha- I've not been inside. We should go inside. Oh, my God. All right. Hey, we, whenever, we do, time, whenever we do the we first have... live pod, whenever we get around to the first ever live Heaven's Devils well, pod, live we'll do it at the Margarita, Margaritaville Resort in New York City. Actually, the next time we have too many drinks after the after the fourth Green <laughs> Rovers game, we will go. Just like we recorded the Kane Wilson video, we will go <laughs> yes. to... Margaritaville, Margaritaville get Square. Margaritaville patrons. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get their take on four screen. Anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, also, as you mentioned, our favorite CIA conspiracy, Harvey Bunker, made his league debut. Shimmy, so excited for that. Uh, we own four Harvey Bunker shirts between <laughs> us, Shimmy. Yes. Do we own more shirts, Harvey Bunker shirts, than Harvey Bunker himself? Uh, the answer is yes, because Harvey Bunker would have to exist as a real person hey, for him to have more shirts is. than we there do of Harvey is. Bunker. But you know what? He does. He does. I, I, we can no longer hold on to the charade. We saw him. We or saw can him. we? I don't know. I'm still holding out a little doubt until we see him. Oh, right. crap. I keep saying until we see him in person, but I forgot. <laughs> we actually met him in person and, like, I've touched him. <laughs> sure, but, no, so. you know, on that day, I don't think anyone would blame you for forgetting events that yes. occurred. We, uh, Thank you. Yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a big day. Too many day. The Jaeger bombs with Jamie Flagg before the game. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other news, new signing, Shimmy. We got a new signing. I don't know anything about him, but uh, Charlie Rowland saw him in person yesterday. So we asked Charlie O'Brien. about him. O'Brien. Yes, O'Brien. My he favorite. Only has 500 uh, followers on Twitter, so he's a he's a up and coming star. Yeah. We will say. My favorite. Uh, um, my favorite commander on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. So 
Shares the same name tech. He's got to be. Let's go, nerd. <laughs> Let's go, nerd. I love it. Uh, last little bit of news. Let's get the Lorian Charlie. But Rich Hughes is here in the, our city, in New York City. We're, we're going to try to meet him tomorrow night if we can. Pick his brain. Give him some advice. Uh, so hopefully we can check. We can uh, maybe uh, Rich Hughes tomorrow we'll night. We'll send a striker back with him too. Who knows? Let's go. Let's go. He's actually going to the him? Yankees game. He's <laughs> going to the Yankees game tomorrow. That's where I'm going to try to meet him. Maybe he's scouting uh, a new shortstop for us. Yeah, there you go. I mean, hey, we, we have the all-time home run leader of young English CEOs in Hammer and Hank, so why not? Hey. Why not bring Aaron Judge over as well? To shimmy, shimmy. All right, <laughs> I love that. Oh, shout out to Aaron Judge. He just hit home run 55 minutes ago, but anyway. That means nothing uh, to British people, baseball. doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, this means nothing to any of our listeners. So let's... <laughs> uh, also, we got a shout out, our man Connor Shaw. Oh my God, he he he's been so good to us in his tenure at Four Screen. Yeah. I mean, I don't without him, I don't know if this pod would exist. So actually, no. in that yeah, in I mean, that respect maybe. Yeah, I gotta say, just some of the early social media stuff is what built so much enthusiasm within us, right? Like uh, yeah, and he, yeah. Yeah, he's just been so good to us, like so helpful, like helping us get guests. And when we came to the new lawn, he helped coordinate everything. He gave me a tour of the new lawn, you know, before you got there. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> no. But then when we did get there, he was a big part of, uh, you know, why we were why we were treated so well by the yeah, club. Well, had such an awesome time. Our, yeah, a huge part of our amazing experience. So, man, I love Connor. Uh, we're so sad to leave him to see him leave uh, Forest Green, but uh, man, hopefully we got friends for life. He said he's going to come down to Wickham. Now we're putting on the pod. He said he's coming down to Wickham. Oh, awesome! To meet us. Wait, to, did, did, is, is, is that is that Connor Wickham's house or Wickham Wanderers hey! hometown? I can't tell because all British I... people pronounce all things the same. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're allowed at uh, Connor Wickham's house, house. especially <laughs> after the uh, the last incident. The Don Bernard posted. Yeah. Oh, the oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He did not appreciate the, the Human Torch, did he? No. <laughs> if he saw but us, no, he'd probably think we were, we were there to burn down his house. <laughs> Get these guys away. <laughs> oh, but anyway, uh, shout out to Connor, man. Connor Shaw, that is. And Connor Wickham, but Connor Shaw right now because he's yeah. no longer with the club. He left us for to, uh, an awesome opportunity with uh, with Man City. So he's, at, he's, he's doing social media for Manchester City, which is crazy. Incredible. Yeah. So cool. Um, but anyway, man, we miss you. We appreciate everything that you did for us. And uh, we will stay in touch, yeah. and we'll see you at Wickham in April. We're holding you to that. See you at Connor Wickham's house, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's get to our first guest, Lori and Charlie, to talk all about the amazing action Stanley win, and just talk about four screen in general, talk about some of the highlights, the lowlights, um, and the future, and if we should be optimistic, if, should, if we should be pessimistic. What do we think about Ian Birchnell? Mm. What do we think about the new formation? What do we think about Peterborough? What do we think about, I don't know, Shimmy? What do we think about the new striker, Sean O'Brien? We asked him about that, too. Uh, so let's get into that right now, Shimmy. Take it away, us and Lori and Charlie. We welcome to the pod the dump truck of data, the semi-truck of analysis, the Lori of glory, Lori Martin. And also we have current Four Screen Rovers footballer, employee, and Destiny's child, Charlie Rollins. Good people, welcome. How are we feeling? All good, all good, thank you. Good, I guess I didn't direct that one towards anyone, but... <laughs> Alright, Laurie, Laurie's feeling Silence. good. Charlie, how, how are you feeling? I'm good, I'm very, very well, Nathan, thank you. Oh, we're, all, we're all good, right after Tuesday? Pump it up, the greens are going up, don't you know, pump it up. Are we getting promoted, guys? After what happened Tuesday? Don't think so. No, Alright, 
Too soon, too soon. All right, well, let's talk, though, about Tuesday. We got a win when we needed it so bad. Uh, Charlie, we'll start with you. What did, what did you make of this huge win Tuesday night under the lights against Accrington Stanley? Yeah, I think it was well needed. Like you said, it was three points that we, we really needed to pick up to gain a bit of momentum. It was our game in hand. So it worked really well for us that we picked up the points yesterday. Um, <clears throat> I think the atmosphere just made it. I think the South Stand was absolutely bouncing all night. And that's what you want to see, especially on those Tuesday night games where you kind of normally see a little bit of a lower attendance. But the atmosphere was so much better than it was on the Saturday against Shrewsbury. And I think that brought out the best of the players. I love that. You could hear that too from like, I mean, I was watching obviously, but you could hear the South stand and it was beautiful. Uh, maybe um, Gary Hoffman will take credit as well. Cause he claims that he got the East stand singing as well. So maybe he'll take some credit for the, for the noise, but it was amazing. Uh, shout out to our guy, Jack on the drums. I know his arms were tired. Uh, he killed it. Uh, Lori, what about you? Quick thoughts on the match. Yeah, I think as Charlie said, just like they needed a win really. Cause I think, it doesn't matter how it comes when you lose 13 nil over your last four games. Like They just desperately needed something. And I think the most impressive thing about last night was that when it went to 1-1, Atkinson, I think, had a chance pretty soon after that. But the, the reaction to that, I mean, it would have been devastating to, to lose. I think it would have just sapped so much confidence. But the reaction was, was so good to, to that Atkinson equaliser and going straight up the other end. And, you know, the Forest Green aren't used, used to being in being in winning positions too often this season, but they managed the game really well as well at 2-1, which was really nice to see. So, yeah, it was really, really important last night, I think. Yeah, they're not used to scoring goals in the first half either. That's first goal of the first half uh, all season for us, at least in league play. Um, I didn't even, you put that in context, 13 to nothing in our lot. That's crazy, Glory. Oh my God. Well, we finally broke that streak. Uh, let's talk tactics for a minute here, Lori, because I know things change a little bit. What changes did you see to the formation on Tuesday and, and what was successful? Well, yeah, it was it was to a back four, which I wasn't expecting, to be fair. I mean, Billy spoke to Ian before the game and it was sort of, you know, that was what was going to be happening. Um, I think he basically thinks that he had to do it based on defensive injuries. He wasn't given any other choice. Um so I thought it worked well. It gives it gives Forest Green a, a, another option um, go, going into other games. He's, he's shown a little bit of adaptability, a little bit of flexibility, um, a lot of meant getting good, so like technical technical midfielders on the pitch as well. You had little Brown and Put Harris all all starting. I thought Put Harris was so so good last night. He looks a proper proper pickup. Could potentially you know be be above the level. I think. We saw last night as well, on a side note, how vital the loan market is to Forest Green with, I think, four loanies playing really well. And then it allowed Forest Green to play with two strikers as well, which everyone's been crying out for. I kind of feel like Ian had to do that just to stop people sort of moaning about it and saying, like, you haven't done it yet. And I guess if it had gone wrong, at least he could have said, well, I tried, but it went right. So you'd imagine he'd stick with it going into the, the coming games. But I think I think it had to be done. I think it gives it gives us another out ball. Uh, I think we've been pretty toothless, slacked just like against Sheffield Wednesday, just there was no no creativity, no real focal point. But but last night I thought looked looked a lot more dangerous. Just good to see 
two strikers up there, I think. Yeah, I think if there weren't two strikers, uh, fans would rush the pitch and uh, <laughs> forcefully remove Ian. Uh, so speaking of those strikers, Josh March. Oh, how much do we love Josh March? All that man does is score clutch goals in the 80th minute. Uh, he was brought in by Rich Hughes from Leamington. Nobody knew who he was. He was left for dead by Mark Cooper, loaned out, thought he was going to be gone forever from four screen. Um, he got no playing time last season until Matty Stevens got hurt. Uh, and then, of course, he scores, scores the, the league-winning goal in the 80th minute, you know, on the last day of the season, a historic, iconic four-screen goal. Um, and, of course, he scores the winner on Tuesday as well in the 80th uh, minute. His, his work rate is relentless when he's out there. Um, his heart, his character, his perseverance, you know, through the past few seasons has been moving. Charlie, what, what do you make of Josh March? Yeah, I love him. I think he's he's what you want to see in a player for Forest Green. He's got, as you say, it's, it's that he's the bite of the team. And I think um, there was a moment against Shrewsbury where there must have been an incident with a, a call that the referee hadn't made or he had called it and we didn't agree with it. And I just remember looking down at the pitch and Josh had like leaps off of the bench as he'd come off to like run onto the pitch to sort of have a go at the fourth official and it's little things like that that really you know ignite that passion in everybody and I think he brings that to the pitch and once one of us does it everybody does it and I think he's he's a really important factor in sort of that driving force all the way from the front. 100% I wonder Charlie do you see any similarities between your game and his game? <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes I do. I think our attitudes are very similar um, in terms of when we get game time, we appreciate it and we work really hard to make sure we, we leave stamp on the football pitch. And I think just that winning mentality is something that, you know, putting your body on the line in the 80th minute is something that you've just got to have in your head to just throw yourself at the ball. Um, and Josh just seems to be able to do that every time. Yeah, it's all heart, all passion. And, and yeah, in my limited experience watching you, I, you know, I kind of get the same vibes. Uh, so it's, it's awesome to see. Um, we, we, someone we didn't see actually last night, Regan Hendry uh, did not play against Atkinson Stanley. This is not the first time either. He's been dropped uh, as of late. And, you know, in my opinion, he was, he was the best player for the first few weeks, uh, the most consistent player. And I think no doubt he's one of our best players on the team. Lori, wh why is he being left out? Um, I mean, when he was, was it, I can't remember what, what game it, it was now. Was it Sheffield Wednesday where he was left out? Because I think Ian yeah. said said he was, um, you know, feeling it a bit tired. You know, he didn't play a lot last season. I think it was about 25 full games all in all. So he's, you know, basically only played just over half of all the minutes, which wasn't a lot um, and probably not what he was expecting. I think we were all expecting probably like, you know, the equivalent of, sort of 35, 44 games. He, he never got to that. Possibly that might have been a reason. I mean, I suppose it's not it's not too much of a shock to to see him not start because ultimately I, th I think he's been fantastic this season and gets into Forest Green's best team. But ultimately he wasn't uh, a consistent starter last season. But I think the most surprising thing last night is was seeing Harvey Bunker warm up. Yeah. And you're there thinking... Regan Hendry is, you know, is not being brought on here, and he's gone for, he's bringing Bunker on, football league debut, nineteen-year-old lad, um, but that was, that was, you know, tactical reasons. As he thought Atkinson would go much more direct in search for a goal, so he wanted Bunker's height, um, and maybe he could have slotted in later in the game to make more of a back three, back five. 
But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's uh, anything to read too much into with Hendry. I think he probably would be back in on Saturday, I think. Hope so. And and no Jamma on the team sheet either. Do you guys, either of you have any insight on that? I think he's injured at the moment. I think he picked mm. up a knock. That's why, that's why I bring you you guys on, your insiders, unlike <laughs> unlike me and Shimmy. Uh, so let's go to key performances in this one. Charlie, we'll start with you. Who are some of the key performers for this match? Yeah, I think we've obviously mentioned him already, but Miles um, Pitt-Harris has, has been just a, a different class. He's just different gravy. I think he really does work so hard. Um, there's something about him. He's so young. He's obviously 19, and he's putting in performances that you don't see at this level. I think he's going to be someone that we look back on a bit like, you know, Kane Wilson and Ebu that we've lost. And it would be nice to try and you don't like to fall in love with lone players. It, it breaks your heart then when they go. But he's he's a really good player and I, I enjoy watching him play. Um, obviously, our Chelsea Loney as well that came on last night and, and set up Josh's goal pretty much with his sort of last-ditch run onto the byline. And I think he's going to be really influential in... I think it's credit to Ian in terms of the man management and when he brought him on, I think it was a good time to bring him on because he had so much energy to give um, and we were really pushing for a goal at that point and we just needed some fresh legs to get over the line. Um, I think he's going to be brilliant. Um, I'd like to see you know some of the players from last year. I, I do want to see Riggs start a few more games, but Harvey, I, it just warms my heart that he's an academy lad um, he's one of our own and seeing him, you know, in his league debut is so heartwarming. I'd, I'd like to see him make some really strong performances as well this season. Me too. I have like five Harvey Bunker jerseys. No, no shirts. No, <laughs> that's not a joke either. I really do. Cause we, we sponsored him last year. So they sent us two oh, okay. shirts for that. Uh, the club has like a joke uh, last or two seasons ago, sent us a Harvey Bunker. So I have so many Harvey Bunker shirts. Uh, so I hope he does well, too. So the value of those shirts goes up. Uh, but no, I love Harvey Bunker. I love Harvey Bunker if he does exist. Laurie, what about you? Any Anyone else in addition to to, uh, to who Charlie mentioned? Yeah, I think Miles was, was the standout, as as already mentioned. Looks, looks such a good pickup. But I thought, again, two centre-backs, both low knees. Christian Marquez looks looks a player. I mean, he, he was forced to come into it on on Saturday and he's going to get an opportunity now, a consistent opportunity just because of injuries. He doesn't have a choice. He's, he's, he's got to play. I think it's easy to forget that he's he's 19, I think. And he, he came up and did the interview last night. He he looks a lot older. He gives off a, a sort of energy that he is a, a lot older with the way he speaks, the way he defends as well. Very cool on the ball. So I'm really liking the look of him. And Oli Casey, I think, Again, he's only a young lad, 21, 22. But again, you just get the sense from him. A bit like when Farrander Orson was at the club, I think, where when we had Faz, he was like 23. But you got the impression with him that he was 27, 28 when he was playing. I get a similar sort of vibe from from Ollie Casey just because of, I think, the way he defends. Um, you, know, you know, he is no nonsense, good on the ball, covers ground well. So I thought those two pretty much sort of unsung heroes um, at the back last night. I thought they were good performers going going forward with uh, Pert Harris, Marchie, Brian when he came on, but those two centre-backs as well, two low knees looking proper good. I love it. So many of these guys are new guys we brought in. How does Rich Hughes do it? And he did it again. And he's in New York City right now. I'm actually planning to see him tomorrow night. But he made another signing. We'll talk about that new signing in just a minute. Uh, but man, Rich Hughes... We lose stars. He brings he brings in new guys to develop in the stars. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so 
Charlie, there's a, there's been a lot of calls uh, on social media, in WhatsApp groups, all around uh, you know FGR, FGR world for for Birchnell's head after the Shrewsbury defeat. Uh, but then this maybe gave him a little bit more life. I don't know. What do you think, Charlie? Do you sh- should fans be patient, uh, or sh- is there justified pressure right now towards towards Ian? I think I can understand the fans' frustrations. I can, um, as a fan myself, before I worked there, before I started sort of playing for the women, I I I was a fan, and I would be in the same boat. I wouldn't be happy about not picking up points for games specifically like Shrewsbury. I think we should have taken more from the game than we did. Um. What I think Ian does, which is absolutely spot on every time, is he's very open and he's honest. And in his post-match interviews and things like that, he he expresses that the troubles he's having, like having seven or eight first-team players out injured is not ideal. We didn't have this issue last season at all. We actually kept our squad pretty much fully fit for the whole thing, which is you know kind of unheard of, really. So we're kind of having the reverse of that this year, where everybody seems to be getting injured for whatever reason. Um, and he's having to deal with it with a really young squad. But I think performances like last night just show just how capable he is in terms of his man management and his player management. Because he, he fielded a team of quite young and inexperienced players in the league. And the man management was perfect. The game management was perfect. They had really cool heads. They were relaxed on the ball. Their time management was perfect for that last sort of 20 minutes where we needed to really have control of the game. And for him to ask that of those players and be confident that they could pull that off, I think shows that we're going in the right direction. Love that. And when you, so let's talk about that direction that we're going in. Um, so when you look at our mini division, I think that's what you called it uh, last, last time, right, Laurie? Mini, our mini division? I love mini that. League, mini division. Oh, mini league. Sorry, mini league. When you look at our mini league, uh, so we, we have played four games in that mini league, and we've got seven points out of those four games. We beat Bristol Rovers on the road. We deserve to win that one. We drew with Lincoln away, deserved a draw probably. Uh, we got beat by Shrewsbury, and deservedly so. And now we've just beaten Akron Stanley, who's a decent team in our mini league. Uh, so we got seven points out of those four games. If we can get seven points out of four games against the, the bottom half of the table, will that be good enough to stay up, Laurie? Uh, you think we can do it? You'd say there that you're nearly at two points a game from, uh, you know, teams in in our mini league. So that's a pretty decent position to be in. But then it's obviously about being more competitive, I think, against the teams that are are up there. I know we competed well against Ipswich and we were perhaps a tad unlucky. Plymouth, I don't think, was disastrous. But, you know, I think it's about, you know, we've faced two really tough away games now, don't we? Peterborough and Charlton. Whilst I think, you know, we've kind of got to look at it as mini leagues and, the one we're in is important. We need to pick up the odd point, the odd win against those ones um, sort of in the top 11, 12 teams because, because yeah, I think, you know, we've shown that we can definitely, uh, you know, be competitive with the, with the teams that we're expected to compete with. But yeah, I think now the next step is against the elite in this division. Can we, you know, just pick up the odd point, the odd win? But just wanted to go back to, um, you know, Charlie speaking about Ian there and, you know, fans on, on social media sort of, you know, calling for his head. But I, I can't help but just not really like the guy. I think he, yesterday, you know, I've not had too many interactions with him, obviously not being sort of in and around it this season. But he comes up yesterday for his post-match interview and I just think what a genuinely decent bloke. I mean, as well, I don't know if you would have seen it, Charlie, because you were around there at full time, but he spent ages just speaking to fans post-match. Like, yeah, he did, yeah. 
to, to the point where I thought, surely he must know that, that bloke or that person there. I no, don't think he no. does. He, he, he's it's just a, ran, a random fan. He's just there leading on the advertising hoarding, speaking to them. And I'm just like, he, he does come across as so genuine, down-to-earth, honest. And you, you've got to get behind people like that because he, he gives you a reason to, basically, because of the way he is. So, you know, f- for, the, for that reason basically fully behind him because he comes across as such a such a nice bloke and I think hopefully last night will act as a bit of a catalyst now for going on to getting better results oh I love that love that and that you know Rich Hughes talked about that he said you know apart from Ian's results on the pitch they really studied who he was off the pitch how he talked about his players how he treated uh, fans and the communities that he was at previously. And that was a big part in the decision of hiring him. So it's great to hear that, you know, it seems to be carrying over a, uh, a little bit. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned also, Laurie, some of those uh, elite teams that we need to nick some points off here and there. So we do have two, two, big, two of those big, uh, big elite teams coming up. Saturday, we traveled to Peterborough to face the Posh. They are currently sixth in the table, uh, although I think they lost their last two games. Um, they are based on the odds makers, the fifth best team in league one. Uh, they have an excellent, uh, the fourth best XG, uh, and then, uh, XG against, uh, they are actually somewhere in the mid table. So that's, that's a little surprising. Um, but what do you, what do you expect to happen on Saturday, Charlie? Can we nick a point or two or three, not two, I guess that's impossible. Can we nick a point or three, uh, against Peterborough on Saturday? I don't see why we can't. I think if we put out a performance like we did last night with the kind of spirit and I think the passion and the drive to, to just grit in and get a goal and then sit back and defend for our lives, I think we'll be okay. Um, I'd like to see us pick up a point against Peterborough and Charlton as well. I think there's they're the kind of games like Laurie had mentioned that we need to go to with the intention in our head of let's just pick up a point and let's play the safe game. And I think you, you've got to be realistic about your expectations when you're in a league like this. It's, it's one of the most difficult leagues um, in terms of the teams that we're going to come up against. And we've not had an easy run of it so far. We've faced some difficult teams and played some difficult games. And it's always always a challenge when you're traveling away especially when it's to these big teams um it would be nice to see the fans really get behind them I know that at Sheffield Wednesday despite the poor result the fans were praised really highly by the by Sheffield Wednesday for how they conducted themselves and they didn't stop singing and that they you know really stuck into the team and and kept them going and I think if we take this result we've got yesterday and steam ahead with that to Saturday. I don't see why we can't go with a positive. Let's go and pick up a point. And if we can win, then have a go. Love that positivity. Laurie, what do you think? I mean, I think confidence would be a, could be a big thing based on last night and carrying that over. I mean, Peterborough, obviously, I know, I know they've lost their last couple, but at home, I think they're a bit of a different beast. They've got so many good attacking players in Clark Harris and, and Marriott. And recruitment-wise, they never really miss either. You know, they they recruit young players usually from lower leagues, and they do really well from it. And usually have a team full of attacking talent and score a lot of goals. I think it's going to be really tough. I mean, if I look at the next two, I think Charlton probably the one that I'd be more hopeful of getting a result from, just based on Peterborough's strong. I think they'll be strong at home this season, and based on how many goals they score. But I think confidence could be a big thing. 
going into it and and also just I think maybe a bit of positive a bit of a positive injection from these three loanees we've got in in, in recent weeks Pert Harris Brian and, and Marquez you know I think they could could be huge for us could be players above the level in terms of you know the lower half of league one so yeah they could be vital I'll bet. Uh, the thing I'm a little worried about is they have lost the last two to really good teams. So I think they're going to be super hungry, uh, super hungry to get a win. Uh, so it might be a bad time. We're coming up against them, but I, I love the confidence. I'm with you guys. All right. Score predictions really quick. What do we got, Lori? Uh, I know I can't go for a loss on here, so I'll go one more. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You, nobody judge Lori or Charlie for their predictions because they know if they predict a loss, I will edit it so it sounds like they predicted a tie or a win. All right, we'll go 1-1. One, one. Charlie, what do you got? Um, do you know what? I'm going to go 2-1, Nath. Just, let's just let's put go. it out there. We're let's go. Put it one. out there. Josh March is going to score in the 89th minute. Gets in. I love it. Yeah, that's all he does is score in the 89th minute. Whatever. I love it. Beautiful. Okay. Last thing, and then we will get out of here. We have a new signing, Sean O'Brien. Um, what do you make of this new signing? And do either of you know anything about him? Uh, it happened to earlier today, and I just had a chance. All I did was really check out his Twitter. He's only got 500 followers, so he must be a relatively, uh, uh, I don't know, new, young, young prospect. But I know nothing about him other than uh, something to do with Millwall. So what do you guys got? Do you guys know anything about this guy? I think that's one for your evening catch-up with, with Rich tomorrow, Nathan, because I've also n- never heard of him. Uh, seen seen a few positive reviews from from Millwall fans, so I guess we'll, we'll just wait and see. I love it. Charlie, do you have any inside knowledge on this guy? Oh, I, I met him yesterday, and I oh. know he's a lovely guy. That's all I all I know. He was he was really friendly. He seemed really up for it when he was speaking to... He, actually, he obviously met up with, with James Mooney in, in Rich's absence. Um, and he seemed really up for it. He was really positive when he was watching the guys um, up in the VIP area and stuff. And and he, he seems like he'll be a good addition. And as a forward, it's, it's something that we can always look to invest in more, I think. So it's a, it's a good signing in my book. I think Rich Hughes just does bits, doesn't he? He does do bits. I'll ask him about it tomorrow night uh, over a couple of beers. Uh, just based on his walk, did he look like a good, a good footballer? Let's judge him on his walk. Yeah, I don't see why not. Looked like he'd put a couple of balls in the back of the net, yeah. There we go. That's what we're talking about. Uh, the goal-scoring gate. I love it. All right. Lori Martin, you can follow him at Lori Martin 263 on Twitter. And Charlie Rollins, you can follow her at Charlie A.M. Rowley, uh on Twitter. Guys, Charlie, Lori, this was amazing. You guys are awesome, as always. appreciate you coming on, guys. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers, Charlie. Yeah, thanks, guys. Pleasure as always. Laurie and Charlie, oh my god, they were so good, so optimistic, Shimmy. I thought, oh, I love also how they they paid us respect by refusing <laughs> to predict a loss, even though they wanted to. You could see they wanted to predict the loss against Peterborough, but they wouldn't because they knew we we don't yes. allow that. We exactly, that. we have a way of just getting to people's lizard brains and overriding <laughs> any common sense. So I'm glad we're having our intended effect. Yes, so please don't judge them on their uh, predictions because they were... Pandering to us. We, we held them at gunpoint. Yeah. Or, yeah, they were pandering to, <laughs> to two dumb Americans who never predict losses. Or even draws, actually. Uh, anyway, Shimmy, awesome. Oh, those two are awesome. Yeah, so um, great. 
great to have two people on this pod who actually know what they're talking and, and, about. Yeah, and shout out to Lori, man. Loved hearing Lori on the broadcast on Tuesday, too. Uh, I love that yes, he's in the mix was... now with Ash and, and Billy Hunt. Yeah. Um, just, again, like, hey, he, like you said, man, he is the... You know the data dump truck, right? He uh, he's got yeah. all the stats. He's the semi truck of analysis, as you said. So it's yes. like you know you got You got to give it up to him. He's he's bringing that heat in all these matches. He is. He is. I think that was only his third match he's done on BBC uh, Gloss, and it's you would never know. It. He's such a yeah. natural at it. He's yeah. so good. Um, and yeah, shout out to Ash too, man. I can't wait to have Ash. It was nice to have Ash back, actually. Finally, I think Ash was in Ireland for a while. It's great too, man. Ash and Billy have such good chemistry. Ah, anyway, we're we're so lucky. Like we're so spoiled for choice in terms of well, I guess not choice because we don't choose who's <laughs> on them. Like, but we're spoiled anyway in that uh, whoever whoever we get, it's always good. It's always quality. Sometimes it's Mooney. Sometimes it's James Mooney. Sometimes it is uh, Paul Furley. Uh, okay. So anyway, thank you again, Lori and Charlie, for coming on. Let's now move to our CEO. Our chat with Chief Executive Officer Henry Stalins, an awesome chat with an awesome man and an awesome CEO. Let's go. We welcome to the pod, the youngest CEO, the coolest CEO, the baddest CEO, the greenest CEO, quite literally, because right now he's actually is, he's wearing all green. <laughs> Listeners can't see that. It's true. Somerset County Man of the Year 2022. I'm, I'm forecasting that. Hammer and Hank, Henry Stalin, CEO of the Ford Screen Rovers. Welcome back, Henry. Thanks, guys. How are you doing? Doing Excellent. great, Henry. Great to see you, man. Great to see you. How's uh, how's fatherhood? <laughs> Nothing prepares you, does it? Every, <laughs> everyone tells you that everything changes, and you sort of sort of go, yeah, yeah, good one. But no, it, it doesn't. It's it's been amazing. He's he's nine months now, so he's at that really sort of cute age where he could probably absolutely crawl, but he can't be asked. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And how's how's Bath living? Uh, I'm back in Cheltenham. Uh, oh, you it. left Bath? Yeah, yeah. I'm back on the in the enemy territory. Um, ah. It was just actually moving to Bath in hindsight wasn't a brilliant idea because eighty <laughs> percent of our of our um, away matches are, are north of Nailsworth, <laughs> and Bath's an hour <laughs> south of Nailsworth. Um, ah. And I drive an electric car, so I was getting back at like one o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, charging up at 11 p.m. somewhere on a motorway. Um, so yeah, I moved back to Cheltenham, which is like the north of, of Nailsworth. Yeah. So actually, it makes my life a bit easier. But yeah, it, it was a, it was it's a great city to live in, but logistically, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and you moving is like the worst thing ever. And you you <laughs> you only lived there what a year then? Bang on a year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah I feel like last time we talked to you, you were the boxes yeah, were being unloaded, there. <laughs> and then you yeah, had to load them back. Yeah. It's one of the worst financial investments I've ever made. Um, <laughs> I was there for a year, and um, but yeah, it's, um, it was well worth moving back. But um, yeah, I'm glad I was there. Yeah, our, our fellow American Ted Knutson, CEO of Stats, Stats Bomb. I think he lives in Bath. Did you ever ever run into him? Uh, no, I might have done. I don't know. Uh, there's oh. honestly <laughs> it, it, so many different accents there because it's one of those places that people just have to come and visit. Yeah, um, when they come to UK, because if you think of England, you think of Bath and London and whatever. So yeah, I might have done, but I don't think so. <laughs> nice. uh, how's Winston? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's still alive, I think. Um, it's <laughs> diff difficult to tell. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's, he's made the move back as well, so he's good. Oh, that's good. That's good. How many EFL CEOs do you think have stuffed teddy bears? 
Uh, I don't know. I think there's a few that I've met that absolutely would, um, without giving you names. Um, but uh, yeah, no. obviously the most successful ones. Yeah, probably. Gotta be that's real. right. Only the most successful ones. That's right. And and yeah, I feel like you need it sometimes. Being a, a part of football ownership, it's like a roller coaster of emotions constantly. So yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, a, a weird personal note here, only because it came up in our friend little friend chat group uh, the other day. You're a fan of Tom O'Dell, is that right? I am, yeah. Yeah, nice. okay, so my friends and I, we do this thing called Hurdle, which is like Wordle, but it's like for songs where it just plays like little snippets of songs and you have to guess what the song is. And uh, Tom O'Dell's classic, Another Love, was the song of the day. And of course, like I got it in one second, because like who hasn't heard that song? <laughs> But somehow none of my friends, including Sham, got yeah. it. They were like astounded that I knew it. I was like, "How? That's like the what? What?" But I, I don't know. I feel like they, my friend group just doesn't know English music. Yeah, we're just not on that wave, you know. No, it's it's insane. Like obviously, whenever you like someone or you know follow someone, you think they should be much bigger than they are. But I went to Tom O'Dell and Elton John within two weeks of each other. Tom O'Dell was playing at um, Leeds O2, which couple of thousand people really intimate um wasn't i don't think it was sold out but you know he, he was absolutely my favorite then i went to elton john a couple of weeks later at the stadium of light playing in front of 30 40 000 people um and yeah i just can't understand why tom adele's not not bigger because his music's music's great yeah you hear that sean you hear that, i like ben? i like the 18 seconds that, that i heard <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love it. i feel like english music too it's like uh with, because of the accent, it either sounds way cooler than American songs or it sounds way sillier than American songs. There's no like in between. Yeah, probably, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably true. I mean, yeah, we, 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 we think the same about American stuff. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was singing this to Sean earlier. The, the, the David Bowie song has been stuck in my head. Space Oddity. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not David Bowie, is it, is, is it, Henry? It's David Bowie in England, isn't it? You say Bowie or Bowie? Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie. Really? Wow. I, I might be in a minority. I don't know. It's probably like Scotland. Wow. So wait, what about wait, what's the <laughs> burger, the vegan burger place in Bristol? Is that Owie or Oh Owie? 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 Never been, never been there. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's a, right. it's a, this is a rabbit hole, isn't it? This is yeah, a rabbit is. hole. Let's get out of this rabbit hole. Let's get to Four Screen. Uh, new season. Uh, let's talk Four Screen. We have CEO. That stands for Chief Executive Officer, Sham. CEO of the Four Screen Rovers here. Uh, so first, just remind us what that means. What do you do? What are you responsible for? Uh, everything non-performance related in terms of football side. So um, everything that funds basically uh, that gives Rich the money to go and um, recruit well um, and us perform well, which obviously we did really well last season. And we've done well for a few seasons leading up to that. So uh, commercial, operations, finance, uh, legal, um, all effectively works behind the scenes to then obviously fund the the stuff that everyone actually cares about which is uh which is the, the you know the tuesday and the saturdays so um yeah it's, it's pretty varied well speaking of the tuesdays and saturdays you just said the performance is not part of your purview but what are your expectations of four screen this season on the pitch it, it's weird because and we I, I, you know we, we've spoken about this every single team that actually gets promoted will have to go from getting used to winning to losing because every promoted team is going to have a um, is going to go up a league. So it, we went, yeah, last season we turned up to every game expecting to win. This season um, it's obviously very different. We're acclimatizing to it on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, like League One football, the crowds it brings and the attention it brings um, is 
you know, we, we got really good at League Two. Um, we got really good <laughs> on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, now we've got to try and get good at League One. So I think we'll be absolutely fine this season. Like we've got full faith in the football side. Um, but yeah, we just have to temper our expectations that we're not going to win every week. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. We got to go from winning to to getting used to losing. Uh, yeah. you, t- you touched on uh, you know the fact that it's difficult on the footballing side, but are there any other challenges from the other part of the club in terms of scaling up to this this level? Crowds um, and complaints, and, yes. <laughs> um, and actually, there's there's definitely um, a link between if we're winning, the complaints are far less. Ah. People will complain about stuff that um, when we lost, um, that they didn't complain about the week before. That was exactly the same when we won. Um, it's just <laughs> it's, it's just like a, a mindset thing. I get it, um, but yeah, trying to deal with crowds at the moment is is, is difficult, and that's why we need to move stadium. Um, we're what we're going to probably average around about four thousand this season, whereas before we've been averaging around about two and a half, you know, maybe two thousand six hundred. Um, parking, we've got no car parks. Um, road closures, but then the farmer up the roads opened his field for car parking without telling us. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's such a forest green problem to have. Um, uh, Wait, is yeah. that the one that we can see in the background? That little like hill, the sheep meadow, the meadow. Uh, yeah, you, you can only see it. Yeah, you can see it from the main stand. You won't yeah. be able to see it on, on the on the stream. Yeah, but he's never engaged with the club before. He's um, and then suddenly this this season he's decided to open the field and park cars in it, which is actually very helpful. But he hadn't told us, so we'd obviously closed the road. We've got a, a road closure order. People are, people are still coming up the road and they're driving around the cul-de-sac now to get to his field. Um, so there's, there's, there's some really stupid problems that we're, we're working on, but actually within the parameters that we can work on where our stadium's located and the way it's been built, there's only so much we can do. Um, so yeah, that's probably the biggest test off the pitch is trying to get everyone into the stadium and out of the stadium operationally on a match day. Yeah, I, and I have some questions about that in a little bit, and some of the complaints uh, we'll get to in a little bit. But it's such so funny. It's such such a such a poor screen yeah. like problem. Like the farmer opened up his field for parking. <laughs> I love that. You're not going to get that at Wednesday or Derby County. I love no. it. Uh, so actually, going back to the Wednesday match, uh, we'll forget about the game. We don't. Whatever. We're we're done with that. Over. Gone. History. But another classic boardroom dress code controversy where. Uh, the Wednesday requires, you know, you to dress up to enter the boardroom. And of course, Dale don't play that. So you and Dale had to sit in the away stands with the fans. Uh, how does that go down when that happens? Like, do you do you test it and try to enter anyway? Do they tell you in advance? Like, is it a tense situation? How does that work? No, it, it, it wasn't. It didn't even get that far with Sheffield Wednesday. We, um, we just, they've got their rules and we respect their rules. Um, so we, we, and also me and Dale have been in the way end a couple of times and really enjoyed it. It's actually quite nice after a long journey to just be outside and not have small talk and all that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we we're quite happy to, and you know, we respect their rules like people respect ours. So um, we went in the way, the, um, the way end and about to say we really enjoyed it, but we, we enjoyed elements of the day. Um, <laughs> and again, you don't expect to go to Sheffield Wednesday and, and win. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we haven't gone there and come away disappointed. We've gone there and had a, you know, this is a great stadium. It showed how far we've come and it shows the level we need to be at. Yeah. Right. So w- will you uh, return the favor when Wednesday come to, to Nails? Uh, TBC. All I right. Don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we will. I mean, really, we've got, yeah. 
we've got enough problems on a match day anyway, obviously. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like our focus should be on on those. So, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what kind of mood we're in here at the yeah, time. I, I, I see, it. you know, you, you yeah. aim for compromise and just wear one of those tuxedo t-shirts. Yes, yeah, you yeah. must wear a tuxedo t-shirt to first. enter. Yeah. But no, I get it. You don't. You don't have capacity for the uh, for their CEO to sit in the uh, in the away end. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I uh, love it. So, I, I, so you mentioned the crowds, but apart from that, like, what is the biggest like, fine like on the financial side of things? What's the biggest change from League One, League Two to League One? Uh, obviously, uh, player budgets are bigger. Um, of course, they are. But in League One, you've got sort of like two or three different leagues. You've got the you know the players at the top, so the teams at the top. They've got budgets that we can never aspire to, um, and then you've got budgets sort of towards the bottom, the bottom uh, third, and that's absolutely where we are. So we need to generate that money um, to, to fund that. So yeah, we just need to do more of everything. That in 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 uh, in theory, the more people you get in the stadium, the more pies and pints and whatever else you sell. But you've got to be able to serve them, um, mm-hmm. and we the way the stadium is built, it's really difficult with with queues and whatever else. So in theory, more people in the stadium equals more spend per head. But it, you've got to make sure they're served first. So that's probably the biggest challenge at the moment. Uh, you're taking all my questions. I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit too. You're you you came ready. I Head of the it. ball. Yeah. Or, or maybe you've heard these these complaints so many times. Four, Forty times a day. Yeah, <laughs> it's drilled in there. Yeah. Um, so, so how does the budget actually get allocated? Who decides that? You, Dale, a mixture of both of you, Richard? Uh, like, how's between me, Dale, and Rich, like Rich will say what he, you know, what he needs, um, and then we'll find a way to, to generate that. Um, like Rich is good. Like if Rich says he needs something, he does need it. So um, yeah, it, it 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 wasn't a ridiculous stretch for us to to make that extra revenue, and we can do that through partnerships and retail and whatever else. So yeah, it, it's a combination between the three of us. Can you kind of approximate uh, like where the the allocation of the budget goes between transfers, salaries, inventory, Neville the Devil costumes? Neville the Devil does need upgrading. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of transfer fees paid. Um, like that's quite quite obvious um, for the work that Rich does. It's, it's mainly salaries. Um, a lot of money also goes on the training ground. So obviously, we're still. Using um, not our own training grounds, we're still building ours. Um, so th- there's a lot of stuff that in the future actually will save money on, like the training ground. Um, we'll effectively renting it off ourselves. Um, so yeah, most of it just goes into bringing in um, players of you know a League One standard, which luckily we had loads of those left over from you know last season. Yeah, and so you said you said we rank we're ranking uh, in the bottom third in terms of like our budget relative to other clubs. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so what's kind of the model uh, we're following to, to ensure financial stability, financial growth now that we've jumped up a league? Uh, like, how, how are we ensuring, you know, actually not, that we're not just stable that we're, and that we're not losing money, but that we're, we're incrementally growing, that we're, that we're attaining a, sta- you know, sustainable growth? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more we'd love to, like I said, like servicing fans on a match day is a... Um, we wish we could do more there, but we serve as many as we can. Um, partnerships is it, partnerships is the one we can control. So uh, we've got a number of golden rules, like partnerships covers staff salaries. So we know that if we're forecasting 
X amount of million in, in, in partnerships, then we know that we can pay staff and uh, hire more staff and invest in new people, which then in turn will then um, bring in even more revenue the next year. So that's probably the main thing for us because we can control it and we don't need a car parking space for it. Um, but the yeah, that's, that's really our main thing. And then retail has been great. 46% of our stuff goes overseas. Um, so thank you to guys. Wow. You know, you guys. Yeah. Um, about you're welcome. 43, you're welcome. 43, 43 percent of that yeah, goes to you, probably. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we control. We control. We do the best we can on the stuff we can't. Yeah, it's just so you, fascinating you're... to us. I think as Americans too, because we tend to think of like sponsorships as always just associated with winning. Yeah, par- sorry, partnerships associated with winning. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with the relegation promotion system in England, like you said, you know, if you're trying to grow sustainably, you expect a period where you're not going to be, you know, at the top of a league uh, where you have to grow into it. And um, is it is it difficult to convince your partners to say, like, hey, be with us for the long term? Or is that something that's just baked into sport over there? Uh, I don't know if it's baked into sport. Again, I've not worked in other sponsorship or partnership areas for, for other clubs, but I think because we've got such a uh, authentic brand off the pitch um, and we, we genuinely do what we think is right and we act in the way we believe um, people should, then I think people want to be with that for long term. Um, and, you know, there are other clubs doing great things, especially in community initiatives and stuff like that. But in terms of a green space, an authentic green space, we are that club. Um, so we attract a, a a certain sector of those partners. So yeah, most of them stick with us a long, long time. I mean, there's people like Corn, for example, just name dropping. They they were there before <laughs> they were there before I joined, and they're still with us now. Um, right. So yeah, we don't see many. Um, we don't see a lot of uh, people leaving us partner wise. Yeah, does, hey, the uh, brand does, is strong. Does, <laughs> for sure. That's right. The brand is strong. Does uh, does any of the money ever get invested in like traditional like financial investments, assets to try to grow excess funds, or is all the money like put to use every year? Uh, well, I mean, this season we've got um, I think it's coming in October. We've got LED boards for the the two ends coming, so behind the goals, um, mm. and that will actually generate more revenue. Um, because we've obviously got more space for partners to to showcase their graphics. So although that looks like a very expensive cost, because they are very expensive, um, we'll make that back probably within about a season and a half. So actually, after a season and a half, we'll start generating pure profit from it. So we, we, we invest in stuff that uh, is right for the environment, but will actually also then get the attention that it deserves, and then that will bring in more people to the club. Love that. Love that. So how much money did you have to pay Rich Hughes to prevent uh, Portsmouth from stealing him? Too much. Um, no. <laughs> Too much. No, he, like we obviously didn't want him to go at all. Um, so yeah, we, we, we he deserved everything, and um, yeah, we're very glad he's still here. Yes, are, are we, we all? Uh, so here's a money making idea that I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're gonna like. We'll see. But uh, you know, obviously, we came here. We love the new Force Green. We love Dale, the vegan, the eco stuff. That's what brought us in. Uh, but I think a nod to the past could be really cool. You know, Trevor Horsley saved the club, helped elevate it to a certain point. You know, Dale then took over, revolutionized, and brought us to where we are now. Uh, and when Sham and I get rich someday off NFTs and we, we buy the club, we'll, we'll undo all that good progress and take us back down to the Gloucester County League. But anyway, uh, so here's the idea, a little nod to history. Um, and it's, I'm sure it's not a new idea, but what about making a third kit that's like the old school throwback third kit, black and white vertical stripes, collar, the old badge, maybe some elements of the new era, like some neon green accents here and there. 
I, mean, I think it would go crazy and you could charge whatever people would buy that i mean i'm sure that's been thought of like what, what what's the idea right there it's, an, it's a good idea and it's, it's not it's not not going to happen um it's just not happened um like the kit design is something dale takes a massive interest in um at the moment it's very much the third kit is very much sea shepherd's kit um and obviously we we take a we sort of pay homage to their their uh, their ships and whatever else so it, it's absolutely not a no for the future it's just not something that's that's happened yet yeah, that's true. And no disrespect to Sea Shepherd. I love the yeah, Sea Shepherd. Great organization. And, and this year's is fire too. Although we haven't seen it in a match yet, right? No, we haven't seen it yet. But uh, you'll, you'll see it a uh, couple of weeks at Charlton away on a Tuesday night. Let's go. Nice. Oh, a little Tuesday night under the lights in London. I love that. Um, also on the innovative track, just another idea. What about getting Hector involved in kit design? A man loves fashion. Give him the keys to like, okay, maybe a fourth kit, third kit, Sea Shepherd. Give him the keys to a fourth kit, go wild. Uh, or maybe even just like the training top. I don't know. But it just could be a cool way to get him involved and just sell more shirts. Yeah, he, he was going to come to a game actually recently. Um, he was going to be at the Brighton game, but um, some stuff uh, was happening. He, he couldn't get out of London. Um, but yeah, again, we, we've got Hector, we've got Rob Del Naya, both um investors in the club both very creative guys um yeah. so again it's something that we we do hope will happen one day it's just not happened yet yeah let's sign him too he's not playing in at our <laughs> he's stuck right now let's get him on our team uh and right, have him another... solve the energy crisis as as it were he's a he's a hot young man fashion yeah. sense right. solve the local energy crisis <laughs> uh, another idea slash question <laughs> so we get dms like all the time from like fgr curious you know fans internationally who ask you know how can we watch the games we tell them they go check it out they say oh it's too expensive uh and you know because they're not all in they're just kind of curious about the club they want to follow it but they don't want to you know put up the money to buy the streams um and actually that actually to be transparent like that's how we were too like five years ago i, I was one of them like I, I was following four screen from afar I wanted to follow the club, but I just didn't want to pay the money to, to get into it. And that's actually part of the reason why Sean and I started the pod. Sean can verify in my like drunk text. I was like, I want an excuse to buy the stream. So let's just start a podcast. And that's, that's kind of why we bought this. Anyway, so my thought is, and I wonder if, uh, I don't know how much money you make off the streams, but I wonder if it wouldn't be a greater benefit to the club to either make the international stream super cheap or, or even free uh, and then you could potentially like dramatically grow international support who will in turn, you know, hopefully buy, you know, more merchandise and stuff that would make up for any losses, you know, incurred by not charging them. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's an okay theory. Um, it's it, like, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think it's stupidly expensive, right? The stream, because we have to pay, we don't make any money on the stream, by the way. We, we mm -hmm. barely break even each, each season because we have to pay. Um, the streaming platform, we have to pay the EFL. Um, yeah. So by the time someone's paid five or 10 quid, we walk away with about 60% of it. Um, uh, yeah, we do, and we don't get enough international, we don't, not even just international, we don't get enough streamers in general. Um, whereas if you look at the likes of, I remember we played Leighton Orient a couple of years ago in, um, in COVID time. So obviously everyone in the UK was able to stream then as well. And I was speaking to their chief exec and we were looking at their figures live before the game kicked off. And in total, there are about 2,100 people streaming the game. Wow. 2,000 of those were late in Orient. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, hey, so, we, um, we were 100 of those. 
yeah, I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, sorry, I asked him to thank me, he didn't. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, we've looked at dropping prices, but actually we, we it's not about making money in the stream, it is about engaging our international audience. And I think if it was stupidly expensive, we would cover some of that, like we do actually cover a lot of stuff that we think is right, like the park and ride, for example, doesn't help you guys at all. Um, we lose money on the park and ride every week. Um, but we still put it on and we still hope fans will use it because it's the right thing to do. So um, I think I, there's a lot of clubs talking about trying to um, do their own streaming and keep all their own money. Um, it might, and you know, Ryan Reynolds, um, I know it's a different league, but in National League, he's very vocal about, about streaming every single match. Um, so it might happen, but at the moment it's... I don't think it's so expensive that it would make a huge difference if we brought it down. Of course, we don't want to overcharge fans, but I don't think we are. Yeah. Okay, alternate idea. Hire a hacker to hack. Now that we're in League One, we're playing these big teams. You hack their stream so that they have to all come to our stream and buy our stream, and then yeah. boom. We made yeah. money on the stream, baby. Get, get Sea Shepherd to support it, you know? <laughs> Iversy on the seas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, that's probably a more realistic idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go local here. So, what sorts of things you know? It, growing an international brand is awesome, obviously for us to, especially. But we're not buying tickets. Uh, you know, we're not coming every week. So, what what sorts of things are you guys doing to grow the fan base locally? Um, we've not done enough enough in the past, um, like proactively. Um, like the, the fan base grows organically because. We're playing bigger teams and um we're becoming a bit more uh, we've been you know we're not in a massive football um community but we've seen it incrementally go year on year we're doing a lot of stuff with schools um we give away a lot of free tickets for our community trust to um school children and vulnerable groups of adults and and whatever else and we hope that obviously they'll come back because it's probably the same obviously in america with whatever sport pretty much whatever shirt you put on first you become a fan for life um, yeah. So we give away 400 shirts every year to, I think it's year three school children. And um, we see that making a massive impact. So um, that's that's some of the stuff we do. Um, the move to Eco Park will help because it's just far more commutable for fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're, I, want, I want to ask you, actually, let's just ask you now. Uh, I'm sure you're dying for the move to Eco Park from all the complaints that you get. <laughs> any Any updates on that? When, when, any, any idea when it might start and complete? Uh, last I heard, um, still looking probably three to four years. So I, I would, if I was to be a betting man, which obviously I'm not, um, it would be 2026. All right, uh, let's put that down, Sean. We'll go to the betting markets. And <laughs> but we think the training ground will be here next year, um, hopefully in time for preseason. Oh, nice. So that, that, yeah, that will be a, a massive show of intent. So get that, that, get done, that one done. Oh yeah, and, and so it, much more convenient for the players, I think, too, than going down to Chippen, Chippenham. Is that where the training is now? Yeah, Chippenham is about 40, 40 minutes from yeah from the stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Okay, on to a really exciting topic here: parking. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask about the parking. I know there's not much you can do about it anyway. Uh, but I do want to. I do want to like bring up a few of the complaints that we've heard and kind of uh, get your ideas on it. Uh, so you know, you already mentioned it: the crazy long lines, especially in the Green Man. And I guess that's the only place in the South Stand where you can get beer before the game, too. Obviously, as you said, it hurts the fan experience, hurts your bottom line because you're selling less beer. And then also, 
snowballs because you know fans aren't having a good experience either they won't come or they'll come but they'll go get their beer and food elsewhere um so what what are you trying to do to fix that uh we definitely do more um there's we can do more till points um we can do mobile order um like i love the american way of walking around with like uh i don't know like like pre-poured pints on because people order like there's three popular drinks right some people will go for something obscure but typically it's three popular drinks so can we pre-pour them and go around people's table and sell mm. them with a card reader um so that's something we're looking at um we're doing some order and collection stuff. So over here, we've got a brand called Argos, which I would never ever like in Forest Green too. Um, but <laughs> they, they've got a pretty slick ordering system where you order at one till, you get a number, you move to the side. Um, so yeah, we are we are making changes, um, but it's not just us. We feel it's bad because it's ours and we want to do better. But you know, I was at Sheffield Wednesday, huge historic stadium. Yeah. Um, I would kill for their facilities. Um, and me and Dale stood in one queue at halftime uh, took us 15 minutes to get to the front. We asked for like chips or something, and the girl said, "Oh no, this is just for hot chocolate." Oh. Um, so then I, we said, "Where's the chips and beer or whatever?" She pointed us down to the other end of like the away end, which is like 200 oh. yards away. We went down there, joined a massive queue oh. um, of our fans. Um, and bear in mind, we, we had 300 fans there, which is fantastic. But they're used to thousands of away fans being there. We were in this queue for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, the match had already kicked off. Second half, um, we weren't missing a huge amount. Um, and yeah. yeah, we got to the front, they ran out of beer, they had no chips, like, oh, you know, man. That, that, that's in a stadium with proper facilities, they right. had no, they had, and each outlet had no um, menu, so wow. we didn't know, so you didn't, we didn't know that what each outlet was for. Um, All the menus a secret menu. Yeah, and to, and to be clear, we've got menus, so we are really, we are doing really well. Um, yeah, so no, that's no excuse, like we can definitely do better, but I'm just saying yeah. at this level, um it there's problems at every club um right. so yeah we, we, we are making strides yeah okay another another million dollar idea here uh so the, the the away fan zone that you guys have added looks awesome we've heard great things from away fans about that as well what do you think about doing something similar for home fans like this could spread out the beer distribution more beer you know sell sell more beer sell more food and just keep everybody happy we'd love to but where space yeah um, because if we, I mean, we've got, we've got, we've got a, <laughs> the, the, literally the only footprint space we have is the car park. Christ, if I yeah. took that away. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we'd, we'd love to, and we've, there's fields around us and we've, we've tried, you know, trying to do deals with, with local farmers and they, they just don't want to, they don't want football fans on, on their land. So, um, yeah, again, we would, we would love to, um, when we go to these away stadiums and we see the size of their footprint and we see the potential um we you know we kill for that but we just don't have it yeah uh okay let's uh well let's talk about the away fans now so we've hosted some massive teams actually we don't need to we'll we'll, we'll keep it moving i was just going to mention about the massive teams that we've hosted i saw that some of those those fans were kind of complaining about the lines for food too but it sounds like i mean you, you, we, you you've heard about it club, forever yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 yeah i went and looked at them um because i heard that the queue was like 80 deep and I went out to the away fans and it was ATD. Um, but we've got three people, we can, we've got this Brewdog bar and we can only fit three people behind it. Um, and they are pulling pints as fast as they can. Um, it's, yeah, again, we probably just need to have someone mobile going around selling just cans. Because yeah. some people in the queue might just want a can rather than waiting for a pint. Um, yeah. And you know what it's like, like, if you're at a baseball game or something, 
you might not want a hot dog, but if it's presented to you and you don't have to move, <laughs> suddenly you really yeah. want a hot dog. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, we could do more. The Wayfandone is very new. Um, it's like a new, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool thing that we've done, but it's not by any means perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, you just I, describe perfectly great, so great much of American life right there. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you want a hot dog? <laughs> sure. That's, yeah, that's the spirit yeah. we run on over here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, go with it. <laughs> I do, yeah, I think everyone does the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're in a queue and something similar to what you want turns up, and you don't yep. have to queue anymore. You just take it and you move on, and you still have a nice time. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a really good idea. A really good solution. Um, so you met with the supporters club a few weeks ago. What were some of the biggest concerns that they had and how did you, what was your answer or, or was it everything we've just discussed? <laughs> yeah, we've basically just gone through it again. <laughs> All um, right. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the sports club are really good. Like we've worked closer with them each season. Um, the, we signed off the transcript from that within 24 hours. It hasn't been published at this point. Um, I need to chase it why, because I've seen some people obviously asking for it. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a lot of the, the questions we expected um, and things will improve, um, but it happens at every club. So, but we take obviously yeah. more care because it's our club. So we want to get the, get it right. right. Yeah. And like you said, we, you're, you're operating under some crazy constraints with the size of, of the field, of the pitch, of the, of the ground, of the limited parking, and then also this just huge jump from 2000 whatever a game to 4000 you've doubled the numbers so it's yeah it's, it's a lot to it's a lot to manage like last night we had a southampton under 21s um about 750 fans not a single complaint and yeah. it was, yeah. honestly it was so everyone, nice. everyone so yeah <laughs> might be why there was no complaints <laughs> it, it was so it was so nice wasn't it? and that, when you think about it that was when dale bought the club that's the amount of fans they were getting yeah um, so the stadium is really good for 700 fans. Yeah. Everyone, everyone can park in the local vicinity. Everyone can get the beer or whatever else they want. Um, but so, you know, 700 to 4,000 is a massive shift. Yeah. Oh. Oh man, Henry, Hammer and Hank, Henry Stalins, man. <laughs> thank you as always for coming on, man. It is an absolute pleasure to speak with you every time we do. And thank you um, for suffering us two fools. We gave you an impromptu general meeting slash Dragons Den pitch. <laughs> I you're it. a champ through it <laughs> that's true that's true oh man henry you're the best you're the you're a great sport an amazing ceo keep doing what you're doing to help uh forest green grow we all appreciate you yeah we know uh, we said the brand is strong we love everything about forest green and we know it's in good hands with you dale and richard so man let's keep on keeping cool. on 100 man and we'll see you in april yeah nice one all right thank you guys see you soon cheers thank you Thanks, henry. henry cheers care, brother man. Hammer and Hank, Henry Stalins. Uh, as Sean said before, thank you for, for suffering two fools here. <laughs> for so uh, long. You are the man. For so long. Yes, for so long. You are the man, though, Henry. We love you. Uh, we appreciate you, man. All right, so let's get out of here, Shimmy. Uh, before we do, let's make a quick prediction. Peterborough, the posh, on Saturday. The posh. Go play the posh. Quite posh. Hmm. Quite posh affair. Yeah. I have no idea how they got that nickname. We should have had someone on. We'll have someone on next time we play Portsmouth to figure out what the posh nickname yes. is all about. But anyway, let's talk about the posh in a posh hmm. accent. Well, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I can I can say this: my least favorite cool, Spice Girl, my least favorite Spice Girl. So uh, <laughs> you know that's not helping them out. And I tell you, do this in a posh accent. <laughs> should I do this in a Come posh on. accent? Do in a posh? No, so that's like yeah. a. Kind of, would you like me to do this in a posh accent? No, I don't, I don't know what that was. I would. I would. Would I you? Would. 
<laughs> Indubitably. Uh, I, I will say, senor. Anyway, whatever. All right, go All right, I think we're gonna what win. I think we're gonna build some uh, some momentum. Even though Peterborough is a, is a highly rated League One team, I think they're a better team than us through and through. But I feel like we're getting our legs a little bit. <laughs> you know, we we needed the win. We we got the win we needed to get against Action Stanley, and I feel like we're gonna build on that. You know, with with Fiabima now. Uh, maybe O'Brien will get, yeah. uh, you know, a peek into the game. I just want to—I want us to build momentum. So I feel like we might shock the world on this one and maybe pull out a one—a one-nothing win. Let's go! Oh well, I love that optimism. You know, I do, Shimmy. I'm a little worried because they're coming off two losses against really good teams. So I feel like it's a bad time to get them. They're going to be fired up and, and yeah. desperately looking for another a win. Uh, so I'm a little worried on that respect. But Shimmy. Never, never predicted the loss. Eight starting now. We're going 1-0 to the Forest Green Rovers. Who's going to get that goal? Who's going to get that goal? Um, Who's going to get that goal? Let's see. <laughs> We're going with a Luke McGee. Luke McGee. <laughs> Luke McGee on a goal kick. All right. That's it. Netting. All right. The so 1-0 to the Forest Green Rovers on Luke on a Luke McGee goal kick. That's All right. I got, Jimmy. So Luke McGee with a crazy gust of wind, you know, as for the assist. Yes. All right. Done. Love it. Hey, it's happened. Every year it happens. Every year there's, there's a few goalkeepers who score. It's happening this week. Luke McGee, if you can, if the, the betting uh, markets allow it, bet all your money on Luke McGee to score this week and you will be rich and you will thank me later. Very <laughs> responsibly. All right, let's get out of here, Shimmy. Up the Vegan Rovers. Up the Vegan Rovers. We are FGR. And you know we got a. You know we got a. Hell yeah! Hell yeah, brother! All right, thank Play you some all football. for listening. Let's play some football. Oh, God and football. Not necessarily in that order. God all right, football let's get out of here. Dale Vince, man. For <laughs> God, God football and Dale Vince, and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> so my mama taught me. All right, let's get out of here, Chevy. Thank everybody. you all for Thanks. listening. Bye. See you next time.